Hi, I'm here with Simon Watt at the British Science Festival. Um, so Simon, tell us about some of the talks you've given, um, Dissections Uncut and Sperm Warfare. Hello, um, yeah, it's been a really uh, good festival so far. So I've, I've had uh, two talks and various odds and ends around the place since then. Um, but the first one was based on um, sort of the, the stuff that we did for uh, Inside Nature's Giants and Channel 4. And I was just really amazed that whenever we were making this show, there were so many things that you try that don't quite make it. And there was so much amazing science out there that just doesn't fit into perhaps an hour-long narrative and and I asked the film company would they mind if I talk about that round places so I kind of like to think of it sort of like the the DVD ID box set extras or something like that not quite a blooper reel in all the cases but um, to try and investigate some of the extra science that didn't make it and the other event is a sperm warfare which is sort of based on I suppose what was my main um, research interest back in the day and that kind of end of science I always find myself gravitating towards in biology I suppose I kind of think that arguably in humans perhaps one of the main things in our evolutionary history was uh, the development of our our sex life and I think that that has such a profound effect in biology we have to remember things like uh, the vast majority of animals and plants on the planets all reproduce sexually and that there's a real benefit to this and a real reason and that fundamentally say all the differences there are between men and women and between male and female animals boil down to the fact that one of the sexes has got the big reproductive cells and the other one's got the small ones and it's it's interesting to just see the knock-on effect of such a ridiculously small decision it certainly grabbed um, the audience's imagination there's some pretty funny <laughs> questions there yeah you, you you're, you're guaranteed that it's, it's it's hard keeping it clean whenever you're talking about such things and although it's um, got lots of facts like penises and other bits and bobs. I avoid any knob gags as much as I can, really. That's very uh, admirable of you. <laughs> that was, yeah, it's fun. It's really been enjoyable. And the festival itself is, is really good. I mean, the whole point of these things is not just to um, spread current research and to show people where, where things are at in education, I suppose, to a degree, but there's just also a celebration. Um, we're incredibly lucky. We're, we're living in an exciting time when many of the great questions are being answered and, and many of even greater questions are being asked. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to have things like this going around the country. You mentioned um, in the talk on, on sperm warfare Alfred Russell Wallace and Charles Darwin. Mm-hmm. Would you say they're your two favourite evolutionary biologists? Oh, no, there's, there's, a, there's a list as long as you're armed when you start getting into that kind of stuff. Um, Darwin, of course, I think has to be every evolutionary biologist here, not just because of the theory he came up with in itself, but his, his methodology and his his sort of endless enthusiasm for the world. If you read his diaries, the guy meant it. He had a, a real wonder. And we tend to forget some of the quirkier things he did. He got obsessed with earthworms at one time, and there's all sorts of stories of him uh, getting his son and, and, and them together, pitting just earthworms on the snooker table, but endlessly, and then starting playing weird instruments to them and all, all sorts of stuff. I just think a lot of people like that, and maybe from that time um, as well, you have to admire their inquiring minds as much as what they actually find out. And, you know, it's probably one of those things we have to be careful of in science. There shouldn't be any hero worship ever, because what we're fundamentally doing is uncovering the truth. Um, it's going to get out there eventually. It doesn't really matter who does it. So um, perhaps beside the theory of evolution by natural selection, if there was one scientific theory you'd like to have your name to, what would it be? Oh, um, oh, oh. I don't know if I can nick theories from anyone else. I, 
oh, there's going to be something, I suppose, at the moment that I'm really interested in or where I think the great leaps are being made. Uh, I think in a different life I could have easily been a psychologist. Really? Um, I, I think evolutionary psychology is beautiful and wondrous and neuroscience is wonderful. And mm. it's until recently we've really considered psychology the study of the mind and neuroscience the study of the brain. Um, but this is a really interesting time to be in at the moment because we're starting to make them both overlap in a beautiful way and we're starting to see what it is in the matter that makes the mind. Uh, so I think that's going to be one of the really interesting ones. I have a sort of very loose, dreadful theory that's sort of based around how, how certain spurts and progress happen in science. So um, physics is going to get really interesting now because we've got things like the Large Hadron Collider, we've got massive machines like that. Um, evolution, uh, sorry, biology made a massive sprint forward whenever evolutionary theory came along. And then we got genetics and everything starts shooting ahead again. And I think that psychology hasn't had that yet, or maybe it's having it now with all these amazing scanners and all the new stuff, and that researching it is going to get really, really interesting. Some people could argue maybe Freud was a little bit of a leap, but uh, some people could say it was a step back in some directions as well. But that's the case of all these things. You have to investigate and try ideas. Um, I understand you've um, done a history of medicine play. Uh, yeah, Doctor Death and the Medieval Medicine Show. It's a historically, scientifically accurate panto for children and other childish people. Wow. That's the way to think of it. Yeah, it's very silly, but it's also very fun, and I made sure all of it is entirely accurate. We got uh, puppets, animations, character, and it's a little bit different than I suppose my my standard lectures because I do put on a sillier voice than this one and. Uh, get to really have fun with it. Do you have any um, history of um, biology plays in view? Oh, I've, I've got various things, I suppose, inspired by biology in mind. I've been working with Curious Directive recently. They've made a play that's just back from Edinburgh now. It's currently on at the Watford Palace. It's, it's kind of inspired by ants, partly, and I think ants are probably my favourite of all uh, creatures out there. Uh, there's nobody in charge in a hive, so how does order assert itself and I think of it as ants are kind of like nature's little anarchists it just happens uh, we tend to think of the queen as the, the head and that's just not the case, she's the hive's reproductive organs and that's it the order comes out of something else and it's probably very simple rules of an individual ant scaled up to the level of a couple of million yeah, It seems like a good thing, science and art crossing over on the stage Yeah, well I suppose I, I really enjoy it um, my background is, was as a biologist but I don't and, awful lot of theatre and things and I was at university and I just really enjoyed it and I I think we as humans take inspiration from absolutely anywhere and I love science so why wouldn't I take it from there? Do you think this could be a really good new area in sort of science communication like through plays and well, other forms of entertainment? Well I, I do think that we should beg and borrow and steal from the arts and take as much as we can from them um and there is something wrong if there's been a perception of science as boring and irrelevant for a long time. And we have to get over this, because it simply isn't. I don't think we have to ever dumb down, um, we might have to explain, we might have to use less jargon, or we might have to introduce the jargon better so that people get it. Um, there are big words, get over it, we have to deal with it. Um, yeah, so ultimately, it's it's progress, not some description. Great, well thanks very much Simon. Oh, good talking to you Rupert, all the best. Thank you.